Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, a most impossible convert. I want to continue reading to you today from Paul's letter to the Galatians. In the very opening verses, he speaks to us a summary of the gospel, and then he tells us something. The Galatians are in danger of losing the reality of this gospel as it's applied to their lives. Let's listen to his open words. Paul, an apostle, not from man, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace, that's God's loving kindness to you, and peace, that is the harmonious relationship established by God through Christ that we have with him when we're in fellowship with him through the forgiveness of our sins and life in Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now that's an excellent brief summary of the gospel that we have to unpack. Listen to my previous broadcast for that. But Paul goes on to write, I'm astonished. He's writing to this Galatians. He had preached the gospel to them. He had been the one who had established the churches there by preaching this glorious gospel. And now he writes to them with a heavy heart in defense of the gospel that he had delivered to them. I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. What's Paul upset about? Well, he's upset about the fact that people have come in to the churches of Galatia, and what they've done is to supplement, according to them, the gospel that Paul preached by reminding them that if they are to really be saved by the Messiah, they must obey the Moses law, the law God had given to Israel through Moses. We'll read more about that in this letter. But they are distorting the gospel. Listen to Paul. He's concerned about the gospel. And in this one paragraph that I've read, he mentions the gospel several times. He uses it with certain phrases. He says, the gospel, a different gospel, some people have another gospel these days. A different gospel, different from the one Paul preached, different from the one that saves you. And one who distorts the gospel, that's a distorted gospel. And then down here, a gospel contrary to the one. So a contrary gospel, a different gospel, another gospel, a different gospel. 
Paul said people offer these things, but there's only one true saving gospel, and all these other gospels are not the good news from God. They're not good news at all. They're bad news. They're the news that says you cannot have true confidence that God has saved you unless you do these things for the remainder of your life. Now, we'll look at that as we read through this letter. But notice that the Christians in Galatia, the believers in Galatia, are called to you, who called you, talking about God, God, that's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God called you in the grace of Christ. This is always where the gospel comes from in saving power. When one hears the great astonishing message of what God has done in the person of Jesus Christ for the salvation of people, and they understand that they are in need of that message, and they look to Christ in faith, it is because God has called them. He's spoken to them, and in calling them, he summons them with effectual power to embrace the message of Christ. That's what happens to everyone who comes to Christ in saving faith. It is not something that's just naturally done. Belief in Christ is not simply believing some facts about Jesus or simply going through some steps and agreeing with them. It's truly understanding that this person who has come from God and is God is the very one who has done everything necessary to bring you into a peaceful, harmonious relationship with God who has forgiven you of all of your sins and who now calls you to follow him. A Christian is one who's been called by the grace of God. But Paul goes on. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I would not be a servant, actually slave of Christ. He uses the word Slave here. We now translate the servant because we have an aversion to using the term slave, but he uses the term slave. And he's going to use it again later in the letter because we have, you know, a choice involved in slavery here. We can be slaves to the law. He's going to talk about that. Or we can be slaves to Christ. One is a slavery of freedom, which sounds like a contradiction, but it's truly not. And the other is what it is, slavery. Okay, Paul goes on. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. So this goes back to the very opening verse, that the gospel's origin is God himself. It does not come from man. It's not a made-up story from man. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul's revelation from Jesus Christ comes to us in the story recorded in Acts 9, where Paul is converted on the road to Damascus. But that's not the first time we meet Paul. In Acts, we meet Paul at the end of chapter 7, 
where Stephen has made his great defense of the good news of Jesus Christ and what he has done through his death, burial, and resurrection for the salvation of sinners. And this has angered the Jews who have rejected this message, and they have picked up stones to stone Stephen. And they lay their cloaks down at the feet of a young man by the name of Saul. And what Stephen preached so incensed Saul that he went to the chief priest and asked for letters so that he could go with the authority of the council to the various cities where there were Christians lurking in these Jewish synagogues, spreading the message of Jesus, and could seek them out, arrest them, and even bring them back to Jerusalem for trial or have them killed. This is Saul. This is a most unlikely convert. When the name of Jesus, the Messiah, was mentioned, he spit. He hated the name, and he hated and despised the followers of the way, the Nazarenes. He had no use for Christ. But this man, on his way to Damascus, to engage in this work of arresting Christians and hauling them before authorities for trial and possible execution, was arrested himself by the Lord Jesus Christ in all of his risen glory who appeared to him on that road and called him, called him to faith in himself. And Paul, by the sovereign intervention of Almighty God, was instantly converted to Jesus of Nazareth. He had received the gospel by revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, in the subsequent years, that revelation is going to continue, and he'll write about that more. But that is the beginning of the life of the one we call Saul or Paul the Apostle. For he says, For you've heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. That's what he did. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the tradition of my fathers. This was a man who was radically on fire to protect the orthodoxy of the religion that had been handed down by him by the Jewish elder tradition. He was an up-and-coming one in the Pharisaical line. And he had great zeal to destroy any who stood against this law of God. But when he, when he who had set me apart before I was born, and he called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now we'll pick up on that later. But let me look with you for just a few minutes, okay? With the gospel that Paul received. This is the gospel that he preached to the Galatians and that they had received. And notice the actions of the sovereign God in the salvation of people. If there was anyone who was an impossible convert to Christ, it was Saul of Tarsus. He could not stand Jesus nor Christians. 
He hated the message that they were giving. He was giving every ounce of his energy to destroy it. But he was arrested by the sovereign grace of God on the road to Damascus. Notice what he says. When I was on the road to do this deed of persecuting the church of God violently and trying to destroy it, he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Now, brothers and sisters, friends, in that verse, we have a summary of the gospel of grace in action in the saving of people. Salvation, that is the deliverance from the present evil age, from the curse of the law, and from the penalty of our sins and its guilt. All of this is done by the action of a sovereign God who calls us by his grace. Now who does he call by his grace? Here is Paul's testimony. He said he set me apart before I was born. Before Paul ever drew his first breath, before he ever stoned the first Christian, before he went on a rampages of hatred against the church, God had called him before he was ever born, before he'd done any of these evil deeds. But God had set his love on him in eternity. We call this election. God's choice of sinners before they were ever born, before they'd done anything. Read Romans 9. This was Saul. God had elected him from all eternity to be a chosen servant of his, to be one he would save by his grace. And here on the road to Damascus, Christ arrest him with the grace of God. And he is instantly and permanently converted the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes from a sovereign God who calls us by his infinite kindness and ever-loving kindness. He does so because he wants to show us who he is. He wants us to enter into a relationship with him, a relationship of love and service. God called Paul. He did so in sovereign grace. He saved him by this effectual call of the gospel. This was the same way the Galatian Christians also had come to faith in Christ. And it's also the same way you come to faith in Christ if you truly believe in him. But he goes on to say, he did this in order that I might preach Christ to the Gentiles. Now, Paul was not the person you would have elected and sent to the Gentiles. He was a person who was absolutely in love with the Jewish tradition, with the way of Israel, with the tradition of the fathers and the elders. He was totally wedded to this law, to this tradition, to this way of life. He had no real use for Gentiles. And yet God, in his divine humor, we might say, 
had set his love upon Paul and is going to commission him to take the gospel, not to the Jews, but to the Gentiles themselves. The very ones that he wanted to be sure they did not come to faith in a Messiah. All the grace of God, the grace of God that saves impossible sinners like Paul maybe like me, like you. This has been Wayne Conrad, Bible Insights. The next time, remember that God saves impossible sinners.